0: Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you are using to listen. I'm Leah Shaver, President and CEO of the National Transportation Institute. Today, I'm especially honored to be your guest host as I turn the tables and flip the mic to welcome our guest, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of DriverReach. Great to see you again, Jeremy.
1: So great to be on my own show. Thank you for hosting.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. You and I work in overlapping segments of the industry and we're certainly part of the same peer group. When you're mentioned in those rooms, a few things come up and I want to unpack them here on this very public platform In my great opportunity of not only reintroducing your passions to your audience, but also taking advantage of subjecting you to the same vulnerability I have experienced on the other side of this mic. My plan for today is to talk about how you navigate leadership, your company, technology in an industry that races to the finish line in some areas, but not always behind the screen. One of our shared great passions, industry advocacy, and lastly, our deeper dive segment and what fleets can do to separate themselves right now in this tight labor market. Whew, that's a lot to cover. Shall we get this party started?
1: Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: All right. Let's talk a little about your background and your interest before we get too deep. What attracted you to the trucking industry close to 20 years ago?
1: Um Started with a uh, with a business opportunity, uh, small family business back in 2003. Uh, I was offered a job to help run a small truck driver staffing company in Indiana, and uh, at first I was like, Indiana trucking, no thanks. Um, I was living in Long Beach, California uh, at the time, and and I spent most of you know the first half of my life in, in Southern California uh but the opportunity sounded like fun uh i was newlywed at the time and my wife was on board with uh you know up and moving across the country so we decided to you know just go for it we didn't have kids yet and so um uh, you know that's when i got into trucking and and honestly i've never looked back at at this point i've got no interest in doing anything else I love this industry i love the people in it and uh just passionate about helping to improve it
0: well i think that's a storyline that we can all relate to at least the end result right uh, you know, you're obviously an avid reader. We're looking behind you over your shoulder and, uh, you often ask this question. So in honor of my mic flip today, can you share any recent books that you'd recommend to your audience?
1: I've read, uh, yes, that's a, that's a tough question. That's especially just one. I've read a ton of books, uh, over the years. Uh, I certainly love us history. That's, that's really what you see behind me here. Uh, I also love, uh, reading about leadership, sales, marketing, uh, other business related topics. But one book that I'll share that's probably had the most impact on me recently is called How Not to Die. Uh, happen to have it right here. Uh, I'm, I'm part of a book club of dads and, uh, one of them recommended uh, that book. And first it was like, oh, that's dense. It's a pretty, it's a pretty thick book, but, um, it's all about focusing your diet on on plant-based food versus you know, animal-based uh, and processed foods. And I'm not diehard, at least not yet, but I've made some adjustments and, and can really tell a difference. So it's been, a, it's been an impactful book, to say the least.
0: Well, it sounds intense, but I can say as a new later-in-life mom, I'm going to have to add that to my list once I finish Principles, which is the last great book that you suggested I read. Listen, as I prep for this conversation, I thought about the three times that I've been your guest. Soon after acquiring NTI in the throes of an unprecedented pandemic, upon finding out I was pregnant in middle age while working and traveling extensively as the owner of a very busy company in surging driver wage activity, and then as a new mom navigating the waters of a life change as a first-time parent while balancing leadership in my company and in the industry. At first, I wonder if you want me to prove to the industry that I wear my heart on my sleeve. But then I think about what leadership really is. It's courage, it's integrity, self-awareness, empathy, vision, influence. These are all what I consider to be core values and attributes that we share. Are these the traits of the compass that guide you to lead others?
1: Definitely, those are are certainly at, at a high level some some great attributes. Uh, over the course of the past two decades, uh, building and growing businesses, there are certain core values that just that really matter to me. And in addition to the ones that you mentioned, you know, radical candor, transparency, uh, having an insatiable appetite to to learn, to grow, um, staying humble. Um, don't forget, you know, pride comes before the fall. Staying humble is really important, especially as uh, you you get success. Um, and one thing that's really important is just is building trust, right? Building trust with people is critical, and there's no better or or faster time to build trust than during a, uh, a crisis. So we've been through our, our share here, you know, past few years. Um, I also believe that when you focus on taking care of others, whether it's your employees or your customers. Um, Rather than focusing on, you know, just the bottom line all the time, you'll find more ultimate, uh, long lasting success. You know, just really trust that process. You know, do the right thing, focus on others and you'll be successful.
0: Well, I can certainly appreciate all of that. And in fact, um, I hope I hope when they listen to this. Uh, and, and I say that whether I was in the room or not, that my team would say that I do all of those same things. So, um, yet again, you, you show why I look up to you as a, a very good friend. Um, Jeremy, you have hosted over 70 episodes of taking the higher road featuring leaders in the transportation industry of all different segments, but all with one thing in common, a stake in driver recruiting and retention. So let's turn the table, shall we? Give us an overview of the offerings at DriverReach.
1: Well, DriverReach helps carriers recruit, qualify, and hire CDL drivers with a modern approach, uh, leveraging technology to improve engagement and increase speed to hire, uh, ensuring recruiters have the, the modern tools they need to attract and engage driver applicants, uh, supporting compliance, especially in an environment with you know, ever-increasing settlements and nuclear verdicts, and, uh, and making sure that business owners can see what's working and, and what's not and then adjust you know, their strategies appropriately. Um, our goal is to help our customers stand out in this challenging environment and be more successful at winning over and keeping the drivers who are applying.
0: In an industry where recruiting teams are full-time sales and marketing reps, winning them over sounds like a winning approach. Do you see what I did there? I do. You previously ran a truckload operation and a staffing company. Certainly, we see the connection with recruiting and retention, but why and how transition to technology that supports both?
1: Um, when I was building both of those businesses, I, I knew it would be critical to leverage technology in order to you know, make processes more consistent, more efficient, and, and to scale and, and continue to grow. There wasn't uh, a lot of options in trucking as far as technology was concerned. I think trucking is traditionally behind other more innovative and progressive industries, especially in the area of HR and recruiting technology. Uh, I started building some of my own technology to help uh, you know, my business with, with recruiting, qualifying, hiring drivers, and, and managing them throughout the entire driver uh, lifecycle. And I realized that what I had built for me would be a great tool for the industry as a whole. Uh, that's when I decided to sell my staffing company and, and focus all my time where I saw the biggest need in the industry you know, software to help with the one problem we all had, recruiting and uh, and hiring drivers.
0: All right. So here's the question that we're all considering now. Why take on the 800-pound gorilla, if you will?
1: Well, I, I thought you might ask this question. Um, a, as I mentioned, there, there weren't a lot of options, right? Specifically in the area of recruiting technology, there was only one. It seemed outdated and antiquated from a technology standpoint, and since it was you know, more or less a monopoly, I felt there was a lot of room for improvement with regards to their product and their customer service. So we built a solution that's far more intuitive, clean, and modern, uh, incorporating other critical elements to a standard ATS, uh, CRM functionality, uh, electronic document signing. I felt the industry really needed healthy competition in this space. You know, Everyone wins, especially the customer when uh, when competition exists. Now, that being said, <laughs> That 800 pound gorilla hates competition. I get it. They basically had you know free reign for you know 12 plus years before Driverreach and a couple others entered the market. But at the end of the day, we believe our product is more innovative, and we've got a greater respect for our customers' data privacy and security. Uh, We believe that if a customer spends you know tens of thousands of dollars in advertising, the drivers who apply are theirs and only theirs. You know, we don't sell access to that valuable driver data. Um, uh, I've just I've got an ethical conflict with that. And uh and as it stands, making that data available to others is working against the carrier's, you know, driver retention effort and it's gumming up their uh recruiters with leads that, you know, may not be all that genuinely interested. And again, at the end of the day, you know, competition is good. Everyone wants.
0: Well, certainly, uh, I think we can all applaud the concept behind the retention effort, as as of course, you, I would say I would probably be at the head of that parade. I don't think there'd be any argument about that. So let's talk about the heads of these parades and switch over to our industry. Industry professionals that were forced to stay home, work remotely, halt travel, have utilized social media to promote job offerings, products, and most importantly, to make and build connections. I smile as I ask you this question, having just presented at an industry conference about advocacy. But I tease you often that you promote industry advocacy even more than you do the offerings at Driverreach. Explain your strategy to me.
1: Um, I mentioned earlier the importance of of building trust. I know. Uh, I think I think it's much more difficult to earn trust if I have uh, you know a specific agenda. You know, like I'm trying to sell you my product when I'm speaking you know, on a particular topic. Uh, instead I'd rather focus on being a a subject matter expert, a thought leader. Uh, I'd rather provide some more valuable takeaways that you find useful. And if if I say anything that you know resonates with you, I trust that an opportunity will present itself for us to, you know, do business together. And in some ways, I I think I overdo it when I'm so focused on just being a thought leader that people are often asked, you know, what does driver reach do? What and, and they don't really connect those dots. That's something that I just I just need to do a a better job of, while while still maintaining the the stance of you know not trying to always sell you or promote my product. But I will tell you that that's usually what gets me invited back to speak at an event or at a, you know at a conference or something is because they know me already and trust that I'm not you know up there just trying to sell a product that I'm actually trying to help educate uh, with thought leadership.
0: I I can personally understand this having, again, just had the privilege of speaking to industry leaders about industry advocacy. And certainly I found it to be a great privilege because while I think that uh, compensation is key in the matter of recruiting and retaining not only professional drivers, but just folks to to work and, and passionately be a part of our industry... Um, that passion part is, is, uh, again, a privilege to speak about. And so I can understand why you, you like that as well. On the note of advocacy, you are on ATRI's research advisory committee. You are active in ATA, in state associations, in TCA. You serve on the board of directors of the next generation and trucking association. Tell us a few of the initiatives that you are really excited about over the next year that we really need to get involved with.
1: That's a tough one. Um, First, this industry is amazing, right? Uh, like I said earlier, um, as soon as I got into it, you know, I noticed that when you embrace this industry, you, you mentioned passion, right? With a passion to, to help make things better, it embraces you right back. And I've built some amazing relationships in this industry, fleets, vendors, you know, all kinds of great people who genuinely become amazing friends like you. Um, and as long as I've been in the industry, uh, the driver shortage has been a constant. It's it's certainly gotten worse, I'd say, over the last five years or so, but uh, I'm super passionate about what can be done uh, to better attract new entrants to the industry. Uh, you mentioned uh, Next Generation in Trucking. Proud to be a, a founding um, executive board member there. It's a, a fantastic group, and the, the focus there is is noble. I'm a huge supporter of reducing the minimum age uh, of interstate commercial drivers from, from 21 to 18. Really excited about the pilot program that's just getting underway. Certainly anxious to see the data, but I am confident it'll be clear that 18 to 20 year olds properly trained can be among the safest uh, uh, drivers on the road. And as it stands, the average age of a new entrant—you probably know this—between like 35 to 38 years old. I hear this all the time. And if that's not proof of a systemic problem, I don't know what is. You know, we're not attracting them once they graduate high school, and 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 it's not—it's not even an option. So as a result, we're attracting, you know, drivers, you know, new entrants, you know, maybe much later in life, uh, likely after they've already had, you know, one or more false starts in their career.
0: Yeah. Not only um, later in life, but uh, oftentimes as a last resort mm-hmm. work option. And as you said, we'd like to promote our our wonderful industry as a first choice career. The only way we're going to do that is if we can start at the high school level. I've I've always felt that way. And um As a a co-board member uh, at NextGen, I can certainly applaud your efforts, but I I know that you avidly advocate on behalf of that also uh, in ATA and in your other industry organizations that you support. So we all thank you for that. Now, it's time for our deeper dive question, where a member of the audience has an opportunity to submit a question to you. We have been talking about a driver shortage for years, but today's environment is really much more complicated. As we work through the labor shortage in record low unemployment conditions, every door we enter has a now hiring sign. Turnover is up. Competition is really tough. And that is putting it lightly. What do fleets really need to separate themselves today?
1: That's a good question. Um, I say this all the time. You, you can be a great company to work for. You can put the best technology at you know someone's fingertips. But at the end of the day, this is a people business people are are dealing with people right people or drivers are hired by people right they're not hired by a system those people uh doing the hiring the recruiters to be the most successful they need to focus on how best to have the right you know types of conversations with the applicants that they're talking to to really win them over to stand out it's critical to improve the quality of of that direct communication you know person to person that uh, the companies are having i think that's where the rubber meets the road. That's something that I'm really passionate about because, like I said, if I'm providing um, a software solution, that by itself isn't going to get it done. You know, not to. Here's here's my opportunity to not miss. You know, the the chance to promote a book that uh, that we participated with uh, Phil M. Jones, well-known speaker, and sales, um, extravagant. You know, leader worldwide. He. Wrote this book called Exactly What to Say, and it's great for sales. And what he did, he saw he got into the trucking industry a little bit, sought me out and said, what do you think about putting a, a book together that's for CDL drivers? That takes some of the principles that I've got in my Exactly What to Say book, but but cater it to the driver recruiting, you know, to the trucking industry. And I thought that was a great idea because nothing else, to my knowledge, existed and so we went through that process made some updates and then put that book together and and offered that uh, uh to the industry and i'm excited because it's it's helped a lot of companies improve drivers improve their recruiting their their hiring just by having better conversations and have, doing a better job at leading that conversation to to an end whether it's with your company or or not i think having you know just directing that and leading that made a huge difference so that's my plug for exactly what to say that you can find our, on our website.
0: Excellent. Well, um, the importance of positive interactions with folks, whether the end result works out with their individual company or not, I think is crucial and certainly a, a vital training component for any potential recruiter. So I, enter, I, I encourage any recruiter or recruiting leader to make sure that their team uh, does read the book as, as ours has as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeremy. I really appreciate your passion and energy and most of all, your willingness to invite so many industry friends, including me, to a platform that allows us to not only share excitement about what we do every day, but also what we are passionate about. I look forward to you passing the mic to me again soon or even better, sitting at my desk for a quick sesh on driver, wages, and strategy.
1: Deal. Thank you.
0: Thanks to you for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on an upcoming Deeper Dive segment at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.